All right, Lizzie. Talk. Tell me what you know. Lizzie took a deep breath, letting go of the cell bar she held so tightly. She began pacing inside the cell as she told me an incredible story. She was always inside me. But I've never been able to understand why or how she was there. Who was inside you? Her name is Lydia. She looks just like me. Sounds like me, but different. She comes out when I go to sleep most times. All except the night mommy died. For some reason, the last few nights, she came out while I was awake. She walked around the house as if she were me. Lydia was always angry in how she spoke to my, to my mother. She let the cat out of the house. I was going out to try to find it. She found the axe. And it was her that killed mother. Is she inside you right now? Yes. She listens to everything we say. Did your mother know about her? Nay. She never knew when she was around. I was afraid to say anything because... Because I could have just been seeing things myself. I wasn't sure what it was until that night. Lydia hated mother. Do you know why? Do you know why she hated your mother? She would only say it was a choice that mother made. Lizzie was clear in what she was saying. And I did not for a moment think that she was lying. It was an incredible story that no one would ever believe. But I did. See, I've experienced the supernatural and all the horrors that come with the dreadful pull on the soul. Me being the person who envisioned the murder and gave the police what they needed to lock her up felt a little bit of guilt. And I wanted to help her. I was then called upon by Police Chief Lusk. He was sitting at his desk signing paperwork as I walked inside. Have I made a mistake this time calling upon you and your power, Josephia? Many tend to think that I have. The mob is rising against this little girl, Lizzie Claiborne, and I have only what you say as proof to her deeds. I'm doing the best I can to try and figure this out, Chief. I know you are. But the judge believes we need another hand in these matters. The judge? Yes. He wants to see you in his chambers now. Chief Lusk dreaded the idea of the judge getting involved in an ongoing case. There are seven judges, each with authority over their own province. And this one, the most powerful of them all, wants to see me. Indeed, he stood for justice and righting all the wrongs with the law. He loved his cigars, but he also liked to hear the pull of the rope at the gallows. In this new world, the laws are swift. No long trials, no long stays in prison. When the law is broken, you go to court. 
and you hope to have a convincing lawyer. There is no jury, there is only the judge. After getting to the courthouse, I got to the door of the judge's chamber and knocked. Come on in. I entered with caution. He was standing at a window smoking on a cigar and sitting at a table with a man I had only heard about from the papers. Good to see you, Blackstone. I'd like you to meet Abner Kilgore. He's a scientist. I'm sure if you read the papers, you've heard some of his discoveries in police science. I am known for many things by certain people. I hear you're a clairvoyant, Josephia Blackstone. The papers have given you a name. I believe it is the Great Condor. <laughs> Why that name, may I ask? Because I show up after the victim is already dead. I'm there to pick upon their lives to see how they died. So, why are you here, Mr. Kilgore? Well, he's here because I think we need a more practical way of solving this murder. Kilgore is giving us a means of proving Lizzie Claiborne murdered her mother to go along with your conclusions. But Judge... It's not as simple as we thought. There are supernatural elements to this that could be beyond science. What are you talking about, Blackstone? The child's handprint was found smearing blood, Jessica Claiborne's blood. I have analyzed the print on the wall that had the blood and on the axe. It belongs to young Lizzie. There's no way she didn't do this. The judge chimed in, knowing I was stumped for words. The proof is there, Josephia. We only need to substantiate the findings based on your vision. Let me get this right. You want to hang this little girl. Now hold on. There have been a murder. And with a murder, it dictates someone pay. With all due respect, judge, she's just a little youngling. We have the body, we have the weapon, and we have the only person who could have done it. Now I have a city out there screaming justice, and I have to do my job to give it to them. Our laws have been made for that reason, Josephia, and the consequences must come quickly. What if it were your daughter, Judge? What if it was Francesca? You would want me to do all I could for her. Judge, just give me 24 hours. That's all I need. And I'll prove that it was not Lizzie Claiborne who murdered her mother. The judge thinks for a moment. And relights his cigar for a puff. I'll give you 12. 12 hours. After that. Dr. Kilgore's proof will be documented and young Lizzie will go to court to meet her fate at the gallows if it takes it. I hope you find the answers quickly. I left the judge's chambers angry, but Dr. Kilgore walked out after me. Blackstone, wait. 
What is it, doctor? I don't have time. I've only got 12 hours to do my job. I want to help you. It is all. I think science is necessary, but I also think you could be right about the girl. I don't know why, but I, I think you could be right. With Dr. Kilgore as my chaperone, I decided to go back to the scene of the crime. I went back to the Claiborne house, back into Jessica Claiborne's bedroom. As I looked around the house, Dr. Kilgore quailed me with conversation I had no need for. So, were you able to help them solve the Whitechapel murders? Chief Lusk told me you were in London trying to help them. The end product was out of my hands. I know who the real murderer is. But Scotland Yard was satisfied with finding a sacrificial lamb to satisfy the fear that had spread. They did not believe in your power, I take it. Nay. But they wanted to appear to have done all they could. I walked up the stairs to the long hallway. I focused on the paintings on the wall. The ones that were of family members. Each of the paintings had a dot of blood on their foreheads, all but one. I then recognized the man in the painting. He was younger, but it was still him. It was Rayford Marley, the heavy-toned speaker, raging up the crowd to hang Lizzie Claiborne. I promise you people of New Amsterdam, if you vote me in for Parliament, I promise you that there will be justice. This little girl, Lizzie Claiborne, will not get away with murdering her mother. Lizzie Claiborne will pay, and she will pay with her life. I started out the door quickly. Dr. Claiborne was on my coat. What is it, Blackstone? What, why do you move so quickly? I flagged down a taxi and sped back to the city. We arrived at the House of Records. Unwantingly, Dr. Kilgore was on my every move, and I did not have time for his banality. What do you expect to find here, Blackstone, at the Hall of Records of all places? We'll know when we see it. I got the records keeper to give me the family names related directly to the Claibornes. Looking down the long list of deceased family members, there was only two still alive. One was Lizzie Claiborne. The other was a cousin who grew up in London. His father was a banker who suddenly died, leaving him nothing but a dusty name. The name of Marley. It was Rayford Marley, the man who was sent to live with the American relatives, the Claibornes but later excommunicated because of his father's bad dealings with money and slaves. Are you sure, Blackstone? No, but he'll be the one we'll have to talk to next. Rayford Marley, 
the Carnival Barker of New Amsterdam. He had motive, but that did not explain what Lizzie told me at all. I didn't have much time to sort through it all, but it was all I had. Dr. Kilgore and I arrived at Rayford Marley's home. The front door was already open, and small, bloody footprints were seen outside. Dr. Kilgore kneeled down to look at the footprints. Whoever left this print was a girl, and she could be no more than 14 years of age. We walked inside the house, seeing several ornaments of devil worship and satanic cultist rage. Books on the divine evil in the ancient spirit worlds. Mr. Marley, are you here? When I got to the bedroom, I found him. What in God's name is that? This is not God, Doctor. There, on the bed was Rayford Marley, tied to the bedpost with an axe in his forehead. Dead to the bone. Blackstone, it's the phone. Shh. Who is this?